Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? I'm Nick. This is the Voices of the Black and Gold. Celso's here. Eric will be with us in a little bit, having some technical difficulties. But, hey, man, we had had a banger of a game over the weekend. Yeah. We got to see Bell hit the pitch, get him a goal. We see Durango do, do what he does. The whole thing was just absolutely amazing. Uh, we got a lot to cover. We're going to have a cool guest come through. We're going to have Moose. The Moose will be loose here on the Voices of the Black and Gold today. And uh, then we will have Dylan from uh, Los, uh, LA Times, uh, Sport Times. He's going to come and chat with us. It's going to be exciting. We have a lot to chat about. Celso, what's up, man? I mean, the game was exciting, right? Like, everybody was calling it a trap game. I said 3-0. Yeah, myself included, man. Yeah, I, I said thought it had all the likes of it. It had all the likes of it. The weather, you know, the the team coming back into the home stadium and you know i mean like the the new players that they were that uh, yep. you know featuring tommy and stuff so yeah i i was concerned coming into it and i felt that this was the game we we're going to just take our foot off the paddle looking ahead you know to look ahead at seattle man but it didn't happen i was really excited about that yeah, I mean, it was really exciting, dude. Like, I, I, uh, Kalini got the start, which I was super stoked with. Eric, I know that you were another trap game person. I, kept I was. Telling everybody, stop with the trap game. Be worried about us. In the chat, I kept on saying, everyone said, Nick, you're too confident. I said, no, <laughs> they need to be worried about us. Eric, hit me with it, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, all, all I can say in my defense is, like, Four years of trauma is really hard to overcome in half of a season. I mean, how, how hey. many times, you know? Um, but the leadership under Chirondolo, and you just see a different team with these new veterans coming in, guys who have been tested at the absolute top level of the game and have gotten victories at the absolute top level of the world game. So they're coming here to our league, I think, and that, that mentality is starting to show. So... You know, I, I also worry the second I, I think something's never going to be a trap game again is when it gets hit. But right. the mentality's there this time for the team. And, I mean, the way they are, it's almost hard to see them losing another game this year. If they just right. – the way they are, who's going to stop this team? And that's I mean, kind of where I am man. now. Listen to this. Fifteen players. Fifteen players have scored. Fifteen different players of LAFC have scored – when Gareth Bell got his first goal in the black and gold kit. Are you kidding me, man? Tell me what teams have 15 other people that can score on their team. Celso, I mean, this is pretty incredible, right? Like having 15 oh, people journey, that man. score? That's a, that's a testimony of death and uh, you know creativity and just honestly taking advantage of opportunities. And I think it's been a, a constant this season – and reducing the errors and looking at where things weren't working and using players that you trust that are good players that maybe just need to be utilized in a certain different way, man. So I'm very excited um, where the direction of the team is going, the depth. You're starting to see issues already with the too much depth, right? Like, you know, you saw Escobar walk off the field a little pissed off trying to get out. And, uh, you know, you kind of want to have this type of competition at the same time, you know, those are sometimes things that hurt the super teams out there. So, you know, how are you going to keep everybody hungry, you know, if right now you're only playing one competition? That's right. You know? No, that, that's she true. She has a different story, and Escobar, if anything, needs, you know, he needs to recognize he's coming back from a lot of injuries, but he was not happy coming out, and I think any player in the situation is going to be looking to play more minutes now, right? No, fair, fair. 
Uh, Eric, 15 people scoring on this team. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible, you know. And as Celso said, you're going to have people walking off mad. But you know what? At first, I was a little like, no, you don't do that. Especially throw the jersey and the badge on the ground. I don't like. However, you like the passion. You want them to care about not being on there. You want them to care about not seeing the pitch, right? You do. And, and you know, you, you look at a lot of our criticism of this team over the last few years, and it was just not a tough enough mentality, just – you know, not, not enough passion, you know, and, and the thing is with passion, sometimes it goes too far the other way. So it, it gets really hard. We have young athletes just, you know, they, their physical game is at such a level, their level of aggression is very high. If it wasn't, they wouldn't achieve this level in sport. And they're just so super competitive that, you know, sometimes they have trouble controlling it. And when you have that guy in the right back, he's going to be over there and he's going to play a hard headed game, you know? So he comes off, he's a bit of a hard head. That's, that's what you get with those guys. And you know, it's, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You want a hard head, you're going to get a hard head, but there's also, it's a double edged sword. Um, oh, hey man, that's true. Guys scoring. I think those guys in there though, right? I, I love those guys too. You know, I, I grew up playing hockey, so I have a good appreciation for some, you know, some hard heads, but, uh, as far as the 15 goals, I think this is this is a beautiful situation. Part of the reason I think Gareth Bale wanted to come here is that, you know, where where's the threat in the team? You know, you saw the earlier years, if if people canceled out Vela, they canceled out LAFC. You know, if Vela wasn't in, they canceled out Rossi, they canceled out LAFC. Now, who are people going to cancel out? Like, how do you play us defensively? If you double up on a guy, you're leaving another threat wide open. And so... Team, teams are kind of in that position where it, it gets really difficult to game plan against us because if you stop somebody, then somebody else is going to hurt you. And No, very, so very true, very true. All right, guys, well, this is the time we have a special guest coming in here. Uh, let, let's, just, let's just give him a little warm welcome from what the voices of the black and gold think about this, this next guest real quick. Without further ado, guys, Danny Muskovsky. What's up, buddy? How's it going, man? 
Yeah, What's up, guys? So Thanks for having Thanks. me. Hey. I like that little intro video. That was cool. Thank you, guys. Oh, man, we, we appreciate like that. But first of all, thank you for coming here and joining us here at the Voices of the Black and Gold. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, we, we first have to ask you how you're doing, how are you healing up, and uh, how long till we expect to see you back on the pitch and doing the things that we just got to see in that in that hype video. Uh, yeah, so so I pulled my hammy against Galaxy. Um, the recovery's going pretty good so far. I'm ahead of schedule, which is good. It was just a, pretty much just a bad pull, essentially. So the timeline for that is about, you know, six to eight weeks, essentially. Hopefully I'll be back in six. So it's been... How long has it been since that game? Like three weeks, essentially. Three so weeks. Probably, probably yeah. hopefully three more weeks and, and I'm back, you know, in training and then hopefully get integrated back in. But I would say say probably about three, four weeks left of rehab. Perfect. Celso or Eric. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's it's great to hear, you know, it, the, the injury. We, we were worried it could be worse than that. You know, hamstrings are always tough. But, um, you know, one of the things that, is interesting in your position is you you're at the lights in LAFC so much and uh, you you do so well on both sides. How do you mentally prepare for that? You know, knowing the practice, which how how much advance notice do you know which team you're going to go for? Like how how difficult is that to stay mentally prepared? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a challenge. Um, definitely last year, you know, there was a time where I was definitely getting you know thrown around between first team and then and then going to go play with the lights, but um you know it's part of the job you know I have to I have to go where they tell me to play and then there's also a part of me that wants to play as well so there was a time last year where you know Bob wasn't giving me as many opportunities so he just wanted me to get minutes and and I did as well so um it's definitely a challenge but it's something as a professional you need to do so I'm glad that I was able to do that and then I was able I think I played two or three games with the lights this year in the beginning of the season and and that was good and but other than that you know I've been you know obviously with the first team so I think it's been it's been good for sure. So, cool, so man. I mean, it's been it's been a ride at these last couple of years. A lot of changes at, at LAFC. You know, first of all, thank you so much again for being here. You know, making time. We really hope that your recovery is going well and you'll be back on the pitch. Maybe you get some more time with the lights just to get some minutes and then move it back to uh, you know the senior team. We would hope that you continue to sit minutes because you're lighting up this year. But one of the things that I noticed, and again, I'm a little bit of a stats person is that you shifted a little bit uh, this year under Dolo, your positioning on the field and essentially where you've been touching the ball the most. Um, you know, even if you look at your heat maps season to season, it seems like this year you've had a little more emphasis on staying on the left side of the field on top of the box. And even if you remember some of the goals that we saw, you know, especially the one against Dallas, it's essentially kind of where you hit it. Whereas last year, you know, even if you, it's kind of hard to follow your heat map because you're kind of everywhere, a lot of it in the right side. So uh, without looking at the, the, the heat maps or the stats, you know, can you just walk us through the progression, right? From last year, playing under Bob. So you have a personnel change, but also it seems like you've been asked to do different things. So how is it different this year from last year? And, uh, you know, can you walk us through kind of how you've been taking advantage of that? Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, so like this year I've been playing a lot more left wing and I think a large part of that is because obviously, you know, we have Chicho and if we play three up top, obviously Chicho's been doing really good. So from in order for me to get more minutes, I had to I had to become more complete as a player and learn how to play on the left wing, which is something I've never really done in my career. So so Steve knowing that and wanting to obviously utilize me in some way had started putting me a lot more on on the left wing in training and I think over time I just got 
just got used to it better at it and then you know through training steve noticed that that i was doing well there so he obviously you know wanted to to give me opportunities in the game so i think it's been good and overall now i could be like i could you know say you know on my resume or whatever i could play on the left wing if i need to which is a good thing as a soccer player to be uh you know used in many ways so um i definitely like it i think it's a lot more defensive work playing on the wing that's for sure than just sitting up there as a number nine but um yeah i like it part part of me just likes it because i feel like i'm more engaged throughout the whole the whole time i'm in rather than just attacking moments i could also focus on the defensive side as well so but so look, it's been good for sure and uh that's it you touching a great point there which is kind of my follow-up which is you know the the sentiment i would say among us is that uh you know steve requires you to you, you know the forwards to put a lot more effort in the defensive side of the ball essentially pressuring and such now i understand in your case you're playing different positions but even from a year to year do you feel that you're you know essentially being asked to do a little bit more defensive work and again i can say the same thing with carlos vela it seems like he goes a little bit deeper now in his defense but is it something that this team is differs on from last year's yeah, I think this team just has more of a hunger to win and to get the results. I think we noticed that this year just we're able to grind out results and it's much harder to play play against us defensively. So I think, yeah, Steve has made it very clear from day one, you know, if you're not going to defend, you're not going to play. So, I mean, and I kind of like that because it is true. You know, you want in order to be a good defensive team, it needs to be, you know, everyone, every single field player essentially needs to be dedicated. It can't be one or two guys that aren't doing anything because then the whole system kind of falls apart. So Steve made it very clear. And obviously, you know, when I try to play on the left wing, that's one of my main priorities is how could I defensively help the team? You know, it'd be great to score, but how am I going to how am I going to help the other team just not build out of the back so easily? Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's one, one thing I love watching with you play in particular is you seem to bring an extra level of physicality to the game. Like when when you're chasing the ball and even when you're fighting for the ball, you're, you're very physical, which I really, really appreciate. A little uh, bit of an your, enforcer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it, it's almost appropriate with the moose. You know, moose kind of barge yes. through things. But uh, gro growing up, uh, as you were learning the game, like wh who are the players you looked up to? Like what what styles is is how you play now? Kind of how you've always always hoped you would play, or um, I don't know. I think when I was younger, I don't think I played as much defense. I was like just <laughs> all focused on scoring and literally like, throughout score. college and high school. Yeah, so I don't think I. It was more as a pro you have to become more of a defensive player otherwise you're just not going to play um so i think that was part of it but you know players growing up that i used to like watching was terry Henry. he was probably my favorite yeah um player growing up um i probably not for the defensive reasons it was all for the goal scoring reasons but um yeah i think that was one player and then yeah i think i just try to bring energy when i come on the field i think sometimes because we're la we have you know very you know fancy forwards a lot of times you have carlos you have brian cheetos i would say is very like strong and, and gets stuck in but so i think when i try to come in i try to bring in an element of you know grit a little bit and to also and just do. win tackles up there thank and you, you so do. i mean um so yeah i think i just try to try to bring that element it's just something else to you know essentially help the team win Right. Well, man, we know that your time was short here and we really appreciate you stopping by. I hope that we get to ha have the pleasure of having you back on. But thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today, man. And, and, and uh, you know, get better. And we look forward to seeing you back out there on that pitch. Can't wait. We really appreciate awesome. it. Awesome.
Thank you guys. Right. I appreciate it. Big Thank you, brother. Team, man. And he is, man. He's a huge part of this team. Going to continue to be. I love the the way that he he just mans to what the mission is. He, he took a position change. You know, didn't take it lightly. Went to work. Became a really good defender, and you can see it. You know, we didn't. I didn't want to mess with the grass to not lose him, but. You know, ultimately, he, he's been asked to do completely different things that he was doing last year, and his productivity, if anything, went up, right? That's the sign of a good player that can be coached and molded into an amazing role player, which he's become over the last two years. You know, the, the, one of the things for me, you know, and kind of getting to it is he's just, he's just such like a blue-collar guy, and you can see like the heart. The heart, you can just see it on the field. It's something that doesn't show up in stats. But when he's on that field, like, he is full bore 110% every time. And it's like, that's what stand out to me is just that. The heart and the work ethic. And I, I think that's why he's kind of started to become a fan favorite this year as well. You know, listen, man, I'll tell you something about him. There is no doubt that he plays his heart out. And, and he leaves it on the pitch. You know, um, I know I've been critical of a lot of things of pe that people do. But, like, he, you, you don't second guess if he is going to be passionate and leaves it out there, right? Like that's not what you have to worry about with him. Like we have spoke about with others. So that's always great. We appreciate him coming and doing that, man. That was really cool. And um, yeah. How we much of that discipline comes from playing USL, right? You have players that come here from the combat ball system that were kind of told not to mark for most of their careers. And now suddenly they're like, Hey, you're a winger. You have to put the defensive work in. And suddenly, a person that has been in the on, in the trenches, right, doing the work, you know, it, it starts to show that they can do that and become those types. Honestly, that's kind of what Raheem Edwards was doing last year and getting minutes because he was doing a lot of dirty work as a winger that other players couldn't do it, especially on the left side. I'm not going to say mm -hmm. any names. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go back to talking about LAFC and SKC. Um, there, there's a lot to uncover before we get into, um, you know, our next interview and then also cover a little bit of what happened in Seattle. Um, Max Grippo, man, he had a great game, right? He got another clean sheet for the season. I mean, the guy is sort of on fire right now. Um, there, it seems like he's, he's starting to really – get a grasp of what the defense is doing. And with Giorgio back there now, it looks like he is a lot more comfortable. Um, I know a lot of people in the chat were like, oh, I can't believe he, Giorgio is starting this game. And I, we all said it where he's going to play for maybe 40 minutes and he's going to come out because he's sort of setting the tone for our defense. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Eric, how do you feel on this? Am, am I, am I right or wrong about Capo looking a little bit more comfortable now that Giorgio is out there starting and setting the defense? Yeah, yeah, I, totally. I, I almost think that can extend almost everybody in the defense, possibly even part of the midfield. I, I think what Chiellini has brought to the team is a soccer IQ that you, on a level that none of our veteran leadership has possessed, you know, no yeah. offense to them, but you know, they're, he, he's one of the top, the top defenders of a generation, you know, and yeah. uh, so I, I think what he brings to the game and, and as everybody knows, one of the things that put him there is his intelligence, you know, there's, Players, players feed off a lot of things. Some, some just, you know, the abilities they're born with, uh, some train hard and some are just really smart, you know, and, and they all do a combination of all, but with Chiellini, it's his smarts. That is what he's known for. And so I think that's really rubbed off on the team. I think everybody plays with confidence with when he's there, which is another thing, you know, and, and uh, soccer is so much about confidence of the, 
of what's going on. And so when he's on there, I think everybody feels like everything's going to be okay. Then they know their roles and everybody just executes. And and to that point, so, so then you have a, a Giorgio in there setting the pace, right? And then you have one of our old stars, Segura come in and then hold the tone for the rest of the match, right? Like this is like a great problem to have. Am I right, Soso? Yeah, so yeah, you got Steady Eddie as your rotation player coming in to spell, you know, an older Chiellini that needs time to get acclimated to the league, to the team, to the roster, to the position. Um, and then suddenly you have a player that didn't miss a beat, you know, was was out for a year. And, you know, I've seen this before with center backs. They come in and, you know, the strategy piece of it is still there. There's a lot of muscle memory and they recover fast, especially when the rehab is good. And he's there. He's playing at a high level and contributing minutes, you know, certainly past Sabi Biaga already in the depth chart, right? So we are very, very in, in fall, you know, to for that matter, we haven't seen much of him over the last month. And because we have such good quality players now in their center back position, and, you know, and I think that also coincides with the fact that we've been having, you know, much better games, you know, which less goes against, right? And even in this game, the shots that SKC generated with the two exceptions, one from Tommy and one that uh, Johnny Russell just, just lost control of it, were, you know, very, very low probability shots that really didn't offer Maxime Cripple or any good goalkeeper for that matter, any 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 danger. So, you know, again, the de- that's defensive work. And, you know, as we go through the stats in a little bit, we can see that on the shot maps. Yeah, you know, the club, uh, I mean, um, they claimed 19 of the possible 30 points off of the road. Um, I mean, this is pretty good in my standards. I don't know, so so you're the numbers guy, but I think getting 19 points off of the road uh, out of the 30 is not bad, right? Because most people just are looking to get that one point. Yeah. They're walking away with three in a lot of those, so that's that's good. Absolutely, and 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 some of those have not been easy. You know, if if you take the Galaxy loss away, most of the games that we played away against the marquee games, we've won. You know, whether it, and the last two being Nashville and, um, you know, more recently SKC, which is normally a tough place to play. Even Miami, you can make an argument that it's a tough place to play. And we we've every time we travel to the East Coast, we had absolutely no problem with going against these teams. Mm. So you know the road the road games have been solid. Now there's a couple of them coming up that will tell us if this is really again. My issue has been with the conference rivals, right? And um, we've only played one that we've done really well against, and that was Nashville. So I would like to continue to see this trend. Uh, SKC is doing really poorly at the same time, right? So you would expect us to put the W in there, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, anything but a W is what we've been saying, like a, a trap game. But they're one of the worst teams in this league, and the X goes show, man. They couldn't really do much with good new players on their roster, right? So I was seeing this about everybody winning and everything and, and what they were saying about LAFC, and we are 13 games left. Uh, I guess we need 29 points, which equals to nine wins. I think I've seen someone say nine wins, two draws, and two losses. I don't remember who put this, but I, I remember seeing it, and I jotted it down. I was like, wow, that's crazy. We need nine wins, two draws, and two losses in order to make it to the playoffs and to win – I mean, to make it to the um, supporter shield. That's what we're – To win are, the supporter shield, though, right? Yeah, yeah to I win the supporter yeah, shield. Well, it's not factoring there that other teams right beneath you is going to lose, right? So that, that, that road might get a little bit easier. If, yeah, it if might get a little team, easier. I don't think it will because of, the, you know, the two teams that are chasing – still on the chase, which is Austin and uh, um, 
We're just going to yeah. say Austin because I don't think any uh, anyone Philly. else will I mean, be completely honest with you. And if, and if I'm completely honest and not being just way biased, I don't think Austin has a chance. I, I was on their spaces listening to them, and they all think that they're going to win the Supporter Shield. Eric, uh, I, I'm a little dumbfounded by that. You know, I, I think that we really do have this. I think that the Supporter Shield is ours, if anything. Uh, but to know that there's 13 games left and we need nine, uh, nine, nine out of the 13, we're looking pretty daggum good, huh? Well, bless their little hearts. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we, we, there, there's still some meat in that bone to go. Things can, you know, all kinds of things can happen still. 13 games is 13 games. But if you look at, if you look at like, we're, we're averaging over two points a game right now. So if you extend that, that's going to put us to like what, 27, 28 points. If we can mm. hold the same form, it, some of the road games, I think are a little bit tougher than, than we have to, to your to what you're saying but nashville is definitely not an it's not an easy road team kansas city is it easy this year um we have salt lake coming up uh you know but lot, lot, lots of things to go i think it's totally attainable for us to break the break the record and you know remove that asterisk from the revolution because they pretty much just played eastern conferences when they beat our 2019 record like right. let's bring the record back home where it belongs like bring it home to los angeles fair do we want to support a shield though because isn't it kind of bad juju to get the mls cup you honestly want the i do, do you want, i, do. I know want you want the, the double. double but man I'm i do just worried about that I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm one of the only one, and I, I'm. Well, I think. Uh, I think one of our friends, Justin, I believe he believes it too. Um, I, I'm more about the supporter shield. I mean, look, I want to win the cup no matter what. I always want to win the cup. I just think supporter shield shows where we are. I think it shows what type of club you are until last year. Last year was a different situation, right? Because of the COVID situation, they couldn't play everybody fairly, whatever. But I believe that. I believe that the sports show has always been one of the things that you should play for, you know, especially in something like this. Uh, but, but that's a debate for a different day. Um, however, we, we did talk about this at the very beginning, but we're going to cover it again. Gareth Bell, man, he came in, he got a banger, uh, Christian Arango. I mean, this guy is just on fire, dude. It, it's unbelievable that Christian Arango is on fire the way he is. Um, at his 50, 56th minute, he got a banger in. Uh, it's his ninth regular season goal. Um, it just seems like every game this guy's scoring right now. He, he's on fire. And, and so he is making a real case to be talked about as a DP. And if we don't take him, somebody will. And I have been New one York's of the looking. people that said he is not our DP. I've said it and said it and said it. I'm wrong. I am possibly wrong. This dude makes bangers. Celso. Boarding KC app is free and available now through Apple and Google Play stores. Download it today. Here comes LAFC and Dangle. it's Arango blasting it, nice it home for LAFC. Chicho Arango with authority. And that makes it three straight games for Arango with a goal and LAFC have charged in front. Talked about LAFC being a second half team. The pass here. Here's just a simple ball. Lining Arango. Excellent finish, though. Poku drives at that defense. Sporting Kansas City. Arango hits this one with so much pace. Goes high near post. Fools can't catch up to that one. Arango. 
and he's got Bale with him. And he gets it out to Bale. Here's Gareth Bale against DC. And he sneaks it past Craig Paul and in. And then his Kaleen move at the end. The announces his presence. And opens his MLS account. Like he moved the defender's feet so he could make room. It's ridiculous. Great job again. But, you know, it, it, my point is, is that it fills with the new guys that have came in that we are really rolling. And we have talked about this before. It really does make the question of should we take this DP spot? Because maybe we bring in a DP and it messes things up. Maybe we stick with what we have. We don't fix what isn't broken and we continue and grow with this team. I could be on the outs of this, but I'm just starting to say maybe this guy has made a point to stay with these two caliber people that have come. Maybe we have what we need. Eric, am I wrong? You are you are correct. And I also am in the camp, you know, two months ago, I, I was one saying, you know, maybe we could do better at the number nine position. And when Lingard was talking about coming here, you know, at first I was thinking, you know, maybe – Maybe if we have a DP, it'd be, he'd be a better option. But looking at this now, that something like that would have been one of the probably the biggest mistakes our club could have made. Letting Arango go is just it would just be nuts at this point. He is giving us DP numbers. Um, you know, I, I was looking for for me. I'm thinking like, who does he kind of compare to? And I think in a lot of ways he's he's can be similar to Rui Diaz in Seattle and like the production that Rui Diaz has given Seattle. What I mean. Very strong numbers, scoring, you know, over over a goal every every about 130 minutes he gets a goal or so. And Arango right. is better than that right now. You know, hard to sustain that number like long term over five years, but very impressive numbers. So I Chicho, you you couldn't ask for much more out of a number nine DP. Like he, he right. If he's a DP, I'm happy with it right now. Well, well, we got another guest in here. Let's, uh, you know, he's a writer for LA Times. Let's ask him what he thinks about Orango being a DP for LAFC. Let's go and bring him in, Dylan Hernandez. What's up, Dylan? How's it going, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Uh, hey. We appreciate you coming great. here and joining us here at the Voices of the Black and Gold, man. No, thank you for having me on. It's like the first. I'm actually kind of excited about this. You know, it's the first time I've done something like all soccer, you know, oh, really? uh, Dar yeah, Darren Smith, uh, you know, the, the radio host down in San Diego, he's a big soccer guy. So he'll occasionally throw me a soccer question or two, but this is kind of the first time I've done like an all soccer thing. So, uh, well, no, actually I was really surprised too. When Celso said that they had an LA times, I said, Oh, wait a second. Yeah, I, mean, I, I saw and, him. And the, I said, I looked thing, at him. Yeah. I said, hold on, wait a second. That's, the guy down the road's favorite team, Kevin Baxter. And he goes, no, 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 not him. I said, okay, as long as it ain't him, you know. If I could be honest, it sort of feels like L.A. Times favors Carson a little bit. So I'm glad that you are, you know, writing about Gareth and, and what he's doing for LAFC. So thank you for that. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, honestly, it's been, you know, it's funny because I get it the opposite way, right? The Galaxy fans are all like, you're an LAFC fan. Here's the one thing. Like, let me just, just to clarify things. I get paid the same regardless of who wins, you know, <laughs> um, you know, obviously I would rather have, it's good when the teams in town are good. Right. Yes. Um, the exception is maybe USC football, which when they're doing badly, we get a lot of hate clicks for some reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we see an uptick in traffic, but generally speaking, better teams, uh, it's good for the market. Right. Um, you know, I'm not partial one way or the other, to be honest. I'm, uh, 
you know, I like what, you know, I like Efra Alvarez a lot, you know, like probably because yeah. he's like a local kid, right, with the Galaxy. Um, but, you know, world. yeah, really, you know, the last like few years, though, right, and I think part of the reason I get it kind of a lot of this from the Galaxy fans about, you know, was, I really like the the philosophy that Bob had, you know, in terms of uh, kind of throwing the kitchen sink going forward, uh, you know, and as well as things have gone, you know, gone, um, you know, after they let him go, to be honest, I kind of miss that old, you know, right. Kind of throw mm. caution to the wind style, to be honest mm-hmm. with you guys, um, you know, cause even like that first season, uh, right. Um, you know, and they were playing with who did they end up, you know, they had like two guys like in the middle, like Lee, Lee Nguyen and, uh, who was the other kid? Uh, Fel- yeah. Fel- no, right. Like neither guy could like mark it all. Right. It's like a hole through the middle of the field, but Hey, look, that's what I kind of like. You know, and okay. honestly, I was kind of okay with that even, you know, and then in the second season, right, they really kind of put things together and had this really kind of tremendous season, uh, you know, but even like last year, you know, honestly, I, I think at some point I went out and wrote a column about how they should keep Bob, um, you know, now, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you know, you could, that it, well. it looks, yeah, it, well, yeah, it looks like this. I will say this though, right. I mean, I will say this because like style is so, I mean, this is, this is what makes this sport a little bit different, right? It's not just about the results, but like, you know, if you win, it's kind of how you win too, you know? And I do think that they have kind of put themselves in a position now, now it has worked, but where they have to produce results now, right there, it's not quite what it was before. I mean, yeah, I, I think that the team responsibility Yes. Yeah. You know, there was a right before, you know, regardless of the results, the team kind of had this like identity, you know, and I think that, you know, again, it was a type of, okay, you know what? I could kind of live with this all, you know, it, right. obviously things happen, right. You know, you always, I mean, I assume you guys played too, right. There's that game where it just feels like God doesn't want you to win and you hit the post right. like three times and, you know, uh, you know, right. You, you kind of leak a, a cheap goal, whatever. Um, you know, so that was kind of that, right? So just just to kind of clarify, it's not really like one thing or the other. I mean, to be honest, like my son, he's nine years old. He's just kind of starting to get into this. Uh, you know, he was bothering me. He and his best friend were bugging me about taking him to a game. Uh, it just so happened that that weekend, the Galaxy Don't was in town. Don't say it. <laughs> LAFC wasn't. So I took him to the, yeah, whatever, StubHub, whatever, Home Depot, whatever they call that place. <laughs> the sports and park. It's actually held up. Pretty, you know what? It's, 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 it's held up pretty well, I think. I mean, they got destroyed. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. But let me let me shift because I, I want to talk a oh, little sorry. bit about the Galaxy a little bit. No, no, yeah. no. Don't be sorry. This is good conversation. This is why we, we like people that talk because we don't like interviews. We actually talk about how we want to make this less interview, more conversational. And, uh, you know, we talk about how we, we, we jump on each other's thoughts sometimes. But that's what makes our brand. But look, man, like you've been covering LA sports for a very long time. Sorry, we're going to cover some Dodgers at some point here. So it's not going to be all soccer. But I'll tell you that. You're seeing now Gareth Bale, Giorgio Chiellini, two icons of international sports and football, which, as you know, is the biggest sport in the world. You know, where do they fit in the Los Angeles gamma, right? Of all athletes that you've covered. And I know you've been at it. You know, you probably right now have conversations in the NBA, NFL, and bigger sports than soccer, man. But these names are really, really big in their countries. Are they the transcendental athletes that, uh, you know, that you're, that we think they are? Let's put it that way for the naked eye. Uh, you know, to locally, honestly, probably not. Um, you know, I do think, though, they're that bridge probably to that guy, right? I mean, I think a lot of us that follow MLS are expecting Messi to be here at some point, you know, uh, given that he, you know, he 
got a place in Miami. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up here. I mean, it sounds like just reading the reports from training, right? He's getting to like a fight with a different teammate every day. So, you know, maybe after the World Cup, he kind of ends up here. Maybe, maybe that becomes the guy, right? I do think these things are important from the standpoint of, uh, I mean, we are seeing, I think, kind of what we suspected this whole time is that a lot of these guys want to live in the United States, right? Yes. They, you know, um, life. yeah, you could kind of, yeah, quality of life, let's just kind of call it that. And, you know, um, I do think, you know, right, and kind of the irony of everything is, you know, and I was on the whole, you know, hey, they got to raise the salary cap and, you know, especially yeah. when it came to the CONCACAF Champions League and, right. you know, how can we, right, or we, how can the league like handicap itself? to the degree that it has, you know, don't, don't they want to prove this and that, that whole thing about like cost control has actually turned out to be like a huge benefit kind of in this post COVID world, right. As everybody's kind of like trying to starve off bankruptcy around the world, uh, MLS is actually like in really good position. And the whole thing about, right. That, that super league that they were talking about in Europe, I mean, the, the that was all about cost control, right. right. So MLS, actually is in a pretty good spot right now and that they have these cost control mechanisms that everybody in the world wants now it's kind of from here it's how do you kind of take advantage of that now right and kind of you know now that they're in good you know actually arguably in better financial standing than a lot of teams around the world how can kind of the league take that next step i mean i do think right and in, in that sense getting the bails of the world uh here does make a difference you know we have had a couple of guys here right in, in giovinco in Signe, more recently you know, guys in their primes actually coming over here, um, you know, and so I think it's kind of going to be this like gradual thing, right? Everything is kind of gradual, you know, I mean, and, you know, I assume we're going to talk about kind of quality of like soccer coverage in this country. I mean, I think that's a gradual thing, too. I mean, I can tell you that it's a lot better now than it was 20 years ago, right? Because we have a whole generation of writers now who you could tell by the way they write that they play the game at some level, right? They understand the game. You know, I would, I would yeah. argue Paul Tenorio, um, admittedly, I'm kind of biased because he's a good friend of mine, but, you know, he's he might be the best sports writer in the country right now in terms of how he pretty good. covers everything, you know, because I think it's really hard because he, he isn't just breaking news, but is also giving opinion on things. And that's kind of a tough line to, you know, I mean, usually we have a division of labor, right? And most media outlets do from the opinion people to the reporting people, not that you know, say I don't help out with the reporting side of things, but, you know, everything that comes out under my name is an opinion, right? And so You're we a do columnist. Kind of, right. Yes, and I we try to separate. And I was telling these things. guys that. He's a columnist. Baxter is the facts guy. Yeah. Know, and so, you know, I think Paul does like a really tremendous job of kind of like, yeah. you know, splitting that thing. And the geared for that, right? The athletics yeah. is kind of like a convergence of right. the two, which right. I've always enjoyed that kind of, uh, you know. Yeah. Sport. And I think, you know, from the challenge from our standpoint right now is like, well, who are we writing for as a, as a general newspaper, right? Because, I mean, even when I write about baseball, I think ideally I'm thinking, okay, well, my, my mother, who does not care about sports, should be able to read this and kind of understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on one hand, right, because, I mean, that's our audience. It's a general audience, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, you do have sites like The Athletic. And, again, like you listen to, you know, and I always – talk to Paul about this, like, how, how the hell did you know about like who the second string right backs on the revs is, right? Like it's so detailed and so fine. Right. And you know what, even like our baseball coverage, honestly, right. I mean, if you look at compare us to say, you know, the fan grass or the, uh, you know, baseball America, we don't get that much into the weeds. We're still kind of doing it for like a general audience. What's a little bit tough, I think, kind of writing about soccer is that a lot of times the general audience doesn't know who these people are. 
right? Damn and right. so, you know, again, you know, uh, I'll go back to that. Um, you know, so for, you know, for about like 15 years, it felt like we were, whenever you saw a stalker column, it was kind of, okay, uh, sure, the kids are playing it, but when is the, right, when is this thing going to actually take over? It's the future, the, you know, sport of the future, is the future ever going to come? We saw that over and Freddie over and over. Do, like all the guys, like, the right, it's yeah. Just, it's it's yeah. usually a prodigy. Right. Yeah, right, and it's kind of that thing. And I think we're kind of moving out of that now, right, where I think ideally, you know, I would be able to, say, go to an LAFC or a Galaxy game and kind of level the same types of criticisms or compliments that I do with, say, uh, you know, the Dodgers or the Lakers, right? Where you can even get into, well, their bench sucks or, you know, um, you know, they don't have enough depths at this position, but it's just kind of my audience just isn't going to respond to that. I'd like to kind of, it, w- it was something that kind of went by a little bit ago, but you were talking about like the salary caps and uh, getting MLS, like how are we going to compete in CONCACAF with which the way they are and looking at like the bail and Chiellini, Chiellini contracts, those, if you're going to look at them objectively, they took team friendly contracts to be here. If they were going to take a market rate, uh, they would have done something else, you know, and, and one of those, it's kind of a contrast with soccer and baseball. On soccer, on one hand, we have this salary cap structure, which, as you said, kind of helped us after COVID. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, if we let soccer totally go market rate, we would have, like a lot of teams, probably a few behemoths and a whole bunch of middows in the Midwest, you know, and mm-hmm. smaller markets. And if we're That'd trying to grow it. the game across the country, does it make sense to kind of have, like, you know, really just a handful of teams, which is kind of where baseball is right now. And we see baseball has kind of been declining. I mean, if you're not like a Yankees, Dodgers, uh, pick a handful of other teams, like your team is maybe once every quarter century going to have a chance to win. Whereas soccer, we look at 26 years and 16 different MLS Cup winners. You know, like, uh, do, do you think maybe like, is this a good way to move forward if we're looking at growing the game, you know? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I think right now, and actually kind of the, the the split isn't so much like big market, small market. It's kind of the the original owners and the people who have come in since, right? I think yes. that the owners that have come in kind of post-Beckham, um, you know, are thinking kind of like in bigger terms, you know, like, okay, now, you know, right now the, you know, I, I was, um, so my first job out of college, I was uh, in San Jose. I, I was the Quakes beat writer from 2002 until ah. whenever they left, right? So I was, this was post-contraction. Um, I think they were down to 10 teams at the time and like six or seven or eight were owned by AEG, right? You know, and then Hunt had a couple of teams, uh, you know, and uh, and then there were the Revs. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's kind of that, right? There, That's where kind of the big split is from what I understand, right? Is the, new owner, the newer owners want to be kind of more aggressive. Uh, yeah, you know, I agree. It's a, it's kind of an issue. You know, that said, I think that any American league is probably going to have revenue sharing, right? And you look at like the Premier League, uh, the reason it's so kind of competitive top to bottom is that you do have revenue sharing, which is going to prevent at least, you know, what you have like in Spain, right? Or what you have like in Italy where, you know, just like two teams have a chance to win and then everybody else is just like roadkill. So I don't think it's ever going to get like that bad. You know, I, I also think that it's a good thing for, now, baseball is kind of like the worst. I mean, that that's like the those are owners are like the worst. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's cynicism to the nth yeah, degree, right? Where, you know, um, now the thing is that the 
that is actually like a very like analytics friendly sport, right? Even more, you know, and I understand, you know, soccer, obviously we see even like a lot of the way these games are played now. My guess without knowing this for a fact is that LAFC is a pretty like analytically advanced uh, organization based on the fact that like the entire game is played like in the middle third of the field now, right? Because the analytics say don't There's a lot of that, yeah. There's a lot of that behind the scene. JT gave us a taste. Yes. Now that being, yeah. Now that being said, right, it's not like, you know, in baseball, you kind of hoard the draft picks. There's, you can kind of game the system, right? And because the action is broken up into like at bats and stuff, you don't have to worry about like, does this player fit in this team or right? All those kind of chemistry issues. So I kind of don't, I think it'll be hard, you know, for it to just kind of, you know, because in baseball, part of the problem is everybody's kind of doing the same thing now so that the money ends up being the difference maker. Right. And mm-hmm. so and specifically because, like, again, everybody's doing the exact same thing. Uh, soccer, it's hard to do, you know, and I think um, just from the right. And we see a lot of like diversity, I think, in this league now. You know, I, I talk about, you know, back when I was covering the game, um, you know, everybody was in a four four two. It was kind of this, you know kind of old school British model, right? Two holding midfielders, whatever. Everybody is more or less playing the same way. Uh, now across the league, like you see teams like with a huge variety of styles, right? So um, I think that like kind of that stuff will kind of prevent stuff from getting kind of old. And again, I do think it's good that that the that leagues have like identifiable, uh, you know, strong teams, right? right? The fact that the Yankees are good, I think is good for baseball, you know? Yeah. Um, I so think what's bad about baseball is that you know, two thirds of the teams aren't even trying. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't they're think just, that, they're trying just to make not, a business out of it, right? Right, and, and that's just not going to happen in soccer right. because mm-hmm. worse comes, right? You don't have many attack. You know, you can park the bus and yeah, <laughs> you know, pick Listen, up. Listen, there's and, the other aspect, which is the international play, and that's something that you know, outside of the Olympics, you know, in, in, you don't get it. And, and it's, it's a big part of the soccer formula. And I just wanted to take have your takes on having Los Angeles as a host city for the World Cup. I don't know what you were doing when the first World Cup was around. I was glued to my TV as a kid getting to see Brazil conquer the first World Cup at the Rose Bowl. I had no idea I was going to be living in L.A. several years ago talking to you, for example. But that's what I was doing. And now here it comes back. And not only that, but here we go again. We're going to go to SoFi State and this brand new thing we we built by Inglewood. Now, can you tell us a bit about what your thoughts about the World Cup as an event for this city? And why? It, I mean, SoFi, right? We have these two um, soccer stadiums. And then suddenly we're going to play at the NFL Stadium on the road. Yeah, um, you know, the, the the first thought that comes into my head, can I cuss, by the way? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is the colossal fuck up they made building that stadium. Because, you know, well, the, the soccer field doesn't fit on the field. Yeah, from a soccer owner, too. I must yeah, right. Add. Yeah, they just that messed up. up, right? Whoever the architect was, yeah, they, they didn't that's like one of those, like, oh, shit, right? Um, but they're going to make it work. <laughs> We're going to see at the League's Cup, right? I yeah, hope you'll well, meet it. Yeah, well, they're going to, like, build, like, a stage, right? And it's going to kind of come up to, like, a certain... They're going to do that at the track also, by the way, at the Coliseum for the Olympics, right? Oh, wow. So usually you have a warm-up track that's separate from the track. Uh, here they're going to be warming up on ground level, and then they're going to, like, I guess for the introductions, they're going to, like, pop the players out of... or the athletes out of the ground there. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a, such a different world. You know, I went to... Uh, you know, you mentioned in 94. I'm a little bit older than you guys probably. I was... Uh, 14 at the time. I'm a 1980 birthday. So um, I did go. I saw I went to Romania, US. Right. So I saw George Haji play. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's such like a different world right now where, you know, I was uh, it's funny because actually I was just out right now. If 
finding a, a poster frame for this uh, Maradona poster that I had in my bedroom, like my entire childhood. And my dad, I guess, was digging stuff out with my son today and they found it. So I, you know, had to go buy like yeah, a new frame no for it, whatever. But, Same you know, at the time, like nobody at my school knew who Maradona was, right? Like there was nobody knew anything about soccer. Even the kids that played didn't know anything, you know? And now you have, you know, I mean, we, last night, right? We just saw this. Was that last night? I'm getting my days mixed up. The Real Madrid Barcelona game in Las Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah, just yeah that, was, that was insane, yeah. right? Um, you know, Man, they people, need a team, by the way. Just, yeah, people know who these guys are now, there. right? You know, my, again, my, my kid, like Gareth Bale signs, like he was like excited, you know? He mm. knows who Gareth Bale is. So I just think that the climate is just like so much different now where you're going to have, it's not going to just be like, well, you know, the World Cup's in town. Let's go watch it just because it's the biggest sporting event. Uh, people that actually know what they're watching are going to be, you know, and they're going to kind of bring a lot of their background, you know, uh, right. We all have, you know, the, the right, depending on where our families are from and, you know, kind of the stylistic preferences that we have. We're all going to have our stuff like that. So I think it's going to be great, you know, yeah. um, obviously. I mean, every, we see every time you know, even when Mexico comes into play, right? I mean, just what you see kind of at the college, you know, the, the Rose Bowl or whatever, you know? So uh, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, it, this is the great place to do it. I mean, and, yeah. you know, I think when you kind of think, you know, um, you know, again, kind of when we talk about, you know, when I talked about like kind of maybe Gail, uh, Gareth Bale being that bridge to like Messi, right? Stuff like this is going to kind of further push it in that direction where, you know, it's not just going to be Messi coming over here when he's, you know, close to 40 years old. Hopefully in the future, we'll be getting guys younger, younger, younger. And as the league kind of grows and grows, you know, uh, Alexi Lalas, I remember once told me, he was the GM of the Quakes. You know, we overlapped for about a year there. And he told me, you know, players are like prostitutes, right? They go to wherever the money is. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, you, know, you know, we should have asked them that. Last. Number 44 for the LA Galaxy. <laughs> that that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's, a, great, it's uh, a great analogy. Uh, it's yeah. No, great. Listen, and it's it. true. It's true. And, and this is the thing. It's funny that you see people getting so mad about that, but it's in any sport. It's yeah. in baseball, it's in basketball. It's in, so I don't see why it's a big deal that it's in soccer. Um, it's sort of ridiculous. Uh, however, our, our time's coming to an end, but I do have to ask you, we have a ton of Dodger fans, uh, that watch this. Obviously we're all Dodger blue. I grew up a Dodger fan, even though I was in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, I was a Dodger fan. Um, you know, cause we didn't have a team. So it was either, you're either a Braves or a Cardinals fan. I, I drew to the Dodger blue, uh, Tommy Lasorda wrote me and my wife on our, on our, on our wedding. Like, oh, uh, wow. yeah. So like, I'm, 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 I'm into the Dodgers, man. <laughs> However, some of the people, when we put your name is, why does he hate the Dodgers? Why does he hate the Dodgers? You don't hate the Dodgers, do you? I mean, you, I, write for them. you can't hate them. I hate to break it to these people, but like I don't care. Again, they <laughs> win, they lose. I get paid oh, the same. Um, be doing it for too long to feel here's, anything. Here's the thing: people just remember the critical stuff, right? Of course. The whole thing. By the way, who was the first person that wrote that clear shots to start the All Star game? You. That was me. Yeah. Right. Like by the no way, worry, by no the worry. way, when Kershaw when Kershaw got drafted, I looked at my wife and said he will be the best pitcher to ever pitch for the Dodgers. And she goes, You're absolutely crazy. I was like, No, watch. We got Matt Kemp, we got uh, uh Looney, we got all the and I was like, watch what's about to happen with Matt uh with uh with Kershaw and here we are later on, and you still see him being an absolute beast, getting a start for his first all-star uh game at the Dodger Stadium was a 
beautiful scene. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely Dodger blue all the way here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and the thing is like, look, when I write about something, usually these things are actually issues, right? Earlier this season, uh, you know, I wrote about how, right. They were yanking Julio Rios out of game three very quickly, you know? And I wrote that like, clearly if me, they're showing, they don't trust the guy, you know? And, um, you know, the fans were like upset, like, why are you making an issue? This, 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 whatever. Well, like, if I'm just making this up, like, why is Roberts, like, meeting with Urias and his agent the next day, right? It's because there's actually something going on there. Um, mm. You know, and I get this thing that, like, you know, again, right? I'm writing what I'm seeing, you know? Uh, I'm writing what I'm hearing, you know? That's and fair. sometimes it's good. Sometimes, sometimes it's bad. It's that, that's the thing. People remember tend to remember, like, the negative stuff. And, look, that's fine, too, you know? That's I right. Can, hey. I we can put deal it out there the, for them to judge. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, I can do. Like, I don't mind all the hate comments yeah, on listen, Twitter. I rather right? you cover tough things. I'll say that and, and negative stories. I think people just want the positivity in their lives because sometimes they're fed up with their own negativity and they don't want to hear. And I think that we talk about this every week. It's one of the reasons why we started the podcast last year. We felt the the, the last couple of years the media just wasn't covering LAFC in a way that we felt represented the reality that we saw on the pitch under a failing system, under a failing set of players. So, you know, a year later, here we are doing this still, but it started with just giving a shit, right, about what right. people are doing and asking questions about, like, why is nobody asking these questions? But you That's know, true. Really appreciate you coming. Um, you know, we still want to do a little bit of the Seattle preview here. But, you know, this was great just to get your take on L.A. sports. You're yeah, we appreciate you coming through, really man. I really wanted to personally thank you for being here and talking to us. Yeah. You know, it's not every day that we get a respected L.A. Times journalist to join us. Well, I don't That's know about right. respected, but thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> we <laughs> appreciate it. By some, you are. We appreciate it so much, man. Have a good one. Thank you. No, no, you too. Thank you so much. Really appreciate right. it. Cheers, man. Bye. We'll see you there. All right. So, yeah, man. Uh Today has been eventful. It has been a fun show so far, it but is, we are yeah. not finished. We We're are not, not finished. Okay. Friday, we have a huge game. Mm -hmm. And Friday, we are going to have an awesome tailgate. I say yeah. us because it's going to be the voices of the black and gold. I might not actually physically be there, but I will be there in spirit. And I will be rooting for all of you to have a good time. Get hammered. Go to the game and watch an amazing, amazing it's going to tear their heads off is what's going to happen. And I'm ready. Seattle is not Seattle that they've always been. And LAFC is on a high and we're going to go in there and we're going to smack them around like the little bitty that they are. Celso. I'm well, sorry. I'm a little amped they, over it. First of all, they, they, they're coming into town with a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulders. Uh, I know they got the, the win this past weekend, but they are not in a good in a good mom, moment. Uh, you know, I think once they get Rudy Diaz out and he's in form, they're much more uh, they're much stronger team with him. So if he plays, I think they have a bigger chance of winning or, or at least showing up. Right. But without them, he you know, they, they really not have not been the team that we're accustomed to see uh, you know, nope. this best. But it, to me, this is the game where it all comes together. We've been circling in our in our calendars. It's a marquee home game, night game, and I expect both Bale and Chiellini to start right start. and play the sixty minute rotation right. on the Dolo system. That's right. And Eric, yep. listen, that's a great point. They're going to start. We definitely should see them both start. I think maybe we get a full ninety out of Chiellini. I believe that we will get 
Celso's point, 60-65 out of Gareth. Uh, and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the tailgate. The tailgate, I mean, we're, we're going to be setting up there. It's going to be nice. I'll bring, I'll bring the little grill out again, grill up some chickens, some dogs. We're going to have some drinks, um, BYOB, um, you know, and it's, it's going to be a great time. We set up last time for the Traffico, and it was an epic tailgate. We had so much fun. Expecting we're going to have a lot of fun again. Seattle is the team that we love to beat. Uh, there's probably, for, for me personally, they're the second most team that I want to beat. There's only one team I want to beat more than Seattle and, you know, different reasons. But I just I just loved seeing us knock Seattle around because, uh, you know, they're in some ways they're a similar team. They're a team that's a measuring stick for everybody. You know, Seattle has not missed the playoffs in their history you know, very consistent top of the table team. So, you know, when they come to town, you want to see what you're made of. And they're, they're without Joel Paulo, Paulo, which is a big miss for them. But we we have a better team right now. And especially with our new transfers, our new, you know, our our uh, our new general in the back line that came in. We we have a much better team. I, I have a feeling Rui Diaz will get some minutes against us. And I have a feeling that Chiellini is going to put him in his place. And, you know, uh, so, so Eric brought up a great point, you know, um, we, we have all the, all the guys out there, right. And, 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 and Seattle played all their bag eggs in the basket with the CCL, right. But they have to get informed. They got to find it. Is there a chance that they could actually miss the playoff because they put so many eggs in that basket of the CCL this year? We, we talked a little bit about earlier. I don't know if it's necessarily the CCL. It's just their away form has been really poor. They only have three wins on the road, six losses, one tie. So, again, if you have to find ways of not losing when you go on the road. And, uh, unfortunately, they haven't been able to do that because of injuries and a little bit of a burnout. I have 100% no, um, you know, there's something that, there, right? But beyond the injuries, that's making this team not click. But they're a dangerous team. They're coming into the bank. And for now on, every team is going to want to make a statement against LAFC. To say, look, Facts. what we did, right? And Seattle coming into the bank, it's always a little mental game on us as well. So there's a little bit more that comes into this game. Just, you know, the X and O's. Just, Here we, this is what we are. These are the players. You know, you have to beat them mentally first. And these are the sort of the measuring sticks that I've talked about all season, right? We go on the road against an away team. Can you find the ways to win it? And same thing. Here comes a really good team into the bank, right? Top. It's been top of the table for as long as they have. Can we beat them convincingly? And against Austin, for example, that was not the case. We lost that game, right? Against Dallas, we won it convincingly. But beyond that, even at home, you know, who did we really beat outside of Minnesota? And that game is mm-hmm. tight. I mean, look, to, to be fair to Celso's point, I, I get what he's saying. Uh, you know, Seattle comes in. I said that at the beginning of talking about Seattle. They do. They come in hardcore, right? Uh, but, you know, listen, we shouldn't be scared of anyone in, in our home. Right, uh, Eric, we, we shouldn't be worried. We, we need to go in and say, hey, no, this is our home like we did in 2018. You know, we don't need that that clip of of uh, Schumer saying, oh, I'm better than Bob. We don't want that with Dolo. Right. <laughs> so so we need to erase that. I mean, no, to, to Celso's point, because yeah. ever since then, it almost felt like a Seattle was sort of similar to how Carson was like. We always played them a little hesitant. Right. And. Now this is a Dolo era. We don't need to play and like they that. They need this win more it's, than we do. It's true. 
It's true, but I I think you know Schmetzer is one of the best coaches in MLS, and that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. one of the big differences. He always has his team prepared, even if that guy has to bring up three sixteen-year-old players from their academy. He mm. he still puts on a good game. He knows how to game plan. I I have a feeling that they're going to play very pragmatically against us. I think we're going to see mid to low block against us. I think they're just going to try to try to grind out. Hope we make a mistake, take advantage of it, and try to not get in a position where they make mistakes and we can take advantage of it. But on our side, I see an attitude similar to our second season where our team is rolling, our team knows who they are, they know what they do, and when a team is firing on all cylinders like ours have been, I don't think there's any game plan in the world that is going to stop them. And so for me, you know, I was very pessimistic on the last game. Uh, I thought we were maybe looking at a 1-1, but I think this next game, I'm looking for a blowout here. I think we're going to see a 3 or a 4-0 on this one. Okay. Yeah, well, listen, man, this is what I want right here. I want uh, Dolo to go off and say, nope. I feel better than that guy down there. How about that? that Listen, yeah, I man, feel better today, than Brian. Today has been, today has been so Brian. much fun. Today has been so much fun. I've enjoyed it. Thank you to Danny for coming through. The moose is yeah. loose on the voices of the black and gold. Yeah, uh, thank you to Dylan and everyone that's joined, man. We appreciate it. Listen, we appreciate that you guys support us. I just want to make sure that this is clear. We appreciate it. We do this because it is something that we are passionate about, and we want you guys to be passionate about this club with us and share. If you ha- if you want to come on here and join us and talk LAFC, we want you to come on and talk LAFC with us. Um, please go check out uh, the website. Uh, all the Instagram and Alan big shout out to Alan, our video guy. He always comes through. He's going to do a lot more of these hype videos for yeah, us. He's an amazing, amazing addition to what we do here at the voices of the black and gold. He don't come on enough cause he's constantly busy, but we really appreciate what he does for us behind the scenes. Uh, it does not go unnoticed. Let's just put that out there. There's, you know, more people than just us behind the scenes. And, um, I really, really do appreciate everyone that has been supporting us so much. So we appreciate it. We've had a great time today. Thank you to everyone that's come. And L.A. is black and gold. Let's go get this win.